Welcome to Happy Hour with Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. This is a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of a real person. Actually, two real people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're two people. We aren't millionaires or CEOs, just two people who are good at their jobs, passionate about career progression, and believe in being happy at work. We discuss work topics that are on our minds and on our readers' minds, and each episode we tackle two questions from our listeners. Now, if you like the show, we would really love if you rated it, if you reviewed it, and if you subscribed to our podcast. Subscribe to it. It would be so lovely. It'll help others find the podcast, and it'll just generally make us incredibly happy. And also, what you need to know is you should stay tuned to the end of the episode, where we will share our resource of the week. So, Penny... How are you? What's up? What's going on? Uh, I, I'm a little bit, uh, you might be able to hear, I'm a little bit croaky, mm. uh, all self-inflicted. Yes. You know, you have a few wines Yeah. and then, you know, other things happen. Well, it was your birthday. It was my bee ditty. Yeah. So I feel like that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun. Perhaps too much fun. It was but, so you fun. Know, Fuck it. <laughs> Incredible amounts of fun. It was like the most beautiful day of, ever. Of the entire universe. It's, it's funny because like a few weeks ago, there was a really nice day. It was like 22 degrees. Yeah. And I was walking around and I was like, that's it. 22 degrees is the perfect temperature. It is. Some people would argue 23 degrees. 23 but- is also great. <laughs> yeah. But like 22, I really like it because you can be... You can cool off in the shadows yes, and you can have a little warm, warm time without getting sunburnt in the sunshine. You're 100% right. That's so exactly we had it. a 23 on my birthday oh. party day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually my birthday. My birthday's tomorrow. I had it a full five days early because I wanted to get that 23 day, degree day. Yeah. And I also wanted to get everyone at the top of the long weekend. So smart. When they're fresh. Yeah. When they're still enthusiastic. Did you really think that yes, much Yes, I did. It? Yep. That's brilliant. Yeah, because I knew myself as well. I was like, by the end of this whole four-day thing, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I want to watch Netflix. Well, you really nailed it because everybody was in the best spirit. They really were. It was, I mean, including myself. I was having the time of my life. I know. At your birthday. And, and people were commenting on it and they were like, has Brittany, um, can I Take say this? Up. I feel like you can. Like people you can. were asking me if Brittany had had ecstasy and I was like, no. <laughs> No, she hasn't. She's just like this. This is her personality. This is what I get 24-7. I mean, like, usually I get, like, 80% of that, but it was just you were like, I am having the best time. I just kept saying that, and people Mm. were like, we get it, Brittany. You're Mm. having a good time. Um, It was very thrilling for me. mm -hmm, Mm. mm -hmm. Really, really good. Perfection. Um, We also, I mean, since we last potted, Mm. we also have been to Paris. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we did do that. It was really fun. So fun. Everyone's like, did you go to any galleries? And we're like, no. And then I think Notre Dame burnt down the next day. It did. And we didn't see that either. And by the way, we also (laughs) had nothing to do with it. Mm. I feel like we need to say that. It literally burnt down like the day we left. Like so many messages flooded in that were like, what did you guys do there? (laughs) We're like... I was like, we I set didn't do it. fire to pa- no. No, we, we really definitely didn't. didn't do that. We're not those kind of girls. We're just not. We're not really <laughs> troublemakers, other than we are a little bit. Yeah. We? I mean, I was basically. I'm Canadian. Penny is Australian, and the other girl that came with us is Scottish. So, I mean, I was in for a real ride. You know, like <laughs> there was no such thing as 
too much alcohol on this trip. <laughs> it was insane. I feel like all cultures say they're really heavy drinking cultures, though. Yeah, I mean, except maybe Americans. No, but I feel like honestly, stereotypically, Australians are heavy drinkers, and mm. Scottish people are really heavy and, drinkers, and Irish, as and well. Irish, of course, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. not necessarily Canadians. But that's why it was quite, uh, it was quite funny. It's like, oh, should we have a little, a little glass of wine? And like every time, it was like, let's get a bottle. Like every time, and I know the bottle between three people is not much, but it's like it is a lot when you're having a bottle. Like every time you sit every down, every two hours. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, well, we better get a plate of cheese. Well, as exactly. Well. Yeah, I was because, definitely the driver of the cheese. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, don't blame it all on us, Brittany. <laughs> you was, instigated sometimes as you're well. You're right. You're right. I totally did. Uh, I want. Yeah. I, I'm just as much to blame. Um, but it was a really fun big weekend. I just forgot how. Um, how lovely and beautiful Paris is. Oh, yeah. It's stunning. Yeah. But I think actually like living in Berlin is great because it's quite ugly most of the yes. – most of it is quite ugly. Let's be honest. And then when you go on a holiday, it's like extra special. You're like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, totally. It's great. Yeah, it it's was really, great. It was just so nice to see like flowers and, and like and, lots of And landscapes, landscapes, like gardens. Yeah. Not just like piles of – Dirt. That's really funny because in Berlin, it is true, like, to find an actual landscaped garden. 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 They don't do gardens. No. But also they do do this thing where it's like the minute spring happens, like the first day of spring, you'll notice that, like, at the base of every tree, there's, like, someone's planted, like, several flowers, but they're kind of, like, just sitting there by themselves, you know, they're just like, here's one violet. Yeah. And here's one daffodil. Yeah. Which is kind of cute, but it's also like things need grass around them. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and not just like weeds and like, like dirt. It, yeah. Sometimes, you know, it, it's like if you're out in a forest, obviously you don't want it to be landscaped. Mm. But if you're like in a city, like, it, I'm sorry, but it's not just going to like come up and look amazing. It, will, yeah. it won't look the same. But so I mean, like, to- I mean, Let's not criticize the Germans because I wouldn't be bothered doing anything much yeah. if it was just going to die six months later. This is true. This yeah, is true. it just yeah. dies. Yeah. It's very depressing. When I first moved here, I was like, I was talking to my Swedish friend who was visiting and I was like, so these trees over here, they're going to lose their leaves? And she's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, what about those ones? Surely they they stay. And yeah. she's like, no. And I'm like, grass? And she's like, Penny, Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It's very cold. We have That's seasons it. here. Yeah. And she used to live in Australia. So oh, she so knows she, that yeah. like, we're like, oh, look, that one tree out of 400 trees has lost its leaves. Isn't it magical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The magic of the seasons. That's really funny. But did you know, actually, because this weekend I've also been focused on getting into some nature, like doing some actual nature mm. things. Mm. Like you, I mean, most people know this, but it's like actually a proven fact mm. yeah. that 30 minutes of being in nature will literally like reduce stress and anxiety mm, uh, li- to like to like a crazy degree. Mm. So I'm just and it really I mean I I did that. I stuck myself in some nature for actually a good half of the day. I have a mental image of you like Philip picking you up. Yeah. And just like Dropping, shoving you yeah. like vertically, yeah. burying your feet and being like, all right, I'm going to be back in 30 minutes. Yeah. You just be in nature. It was actually a little bit, um, it was almost the, the opposite. So we actually went to Potsdam, mm. which is just outside of Berlin. And it's this very, it's full of like castles and what stuff. But they also have this like kind of island it's mm. called Peacock Island. Ooh. Um, but in German, it's like 
Schorsprung. No, 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 it's Flauen or something. Oh God, all the Germans listening are like, oh, Brittany, come on. Flaueninsel? Something like that. Mm. Anyway, so you go, you take a 30 second, okay, not 30 seconds. Well, like three, like two minutes mm. ferry ride across this like tiny little body of water. Yeah. And then you're on this island and there's no smoking loud on the island. There's no cars. You're not allowed, like you, 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 it's just like. It's a full, sanctuary. Yeah. It's like mm. full nature. And uh, it was so, so nice. Um, but it was really funny because like Potsdam, like Berlin is not Germany. No, right? no, like no, people, no. Like people, everybody knows that. Berlin no. is like a very strange... It's kind strange... of like the way New York is not America. Right, mm. yeah. It's its own thing. Mm. So like every once in a while, you know, you got to take my, Ger- my German, my boyfriend is German. You got to take him, you know, into the German To part. his people. Yeah, and yeah. He, you know, let him run around with the other Germans. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> with you know? the other Germans? <laughs> did, he, did he talk to other Germans? I don't think so. Oh. But I mean, you know, he got to <laughs> he eat... He saw them? He got to eat like... Big German white asparagus, oh, you know, and, and have like a really nice Weizen beer and like, you know, those oh, kind of those poor really little German guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's been extracted from his natural habitat. So, what's on your mind, Fritch? Oh my God, Pen. I am listening to the most crazy podcast. Oh, yeah. It's called, I know everybody's kind of been, well, everybody around me has been talking about it, but it's called Leaving Nexium. Yes. Have you listened to I've, this? I, I burnt through it in approximately two plane trips. Oh. So like to Paris and back from Paris. Nice. It was done. Yeah. Finished. And like all the airport time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Of course. Knocked it over. Oh my gosh. It's So this is actually a CBC podcast. So it's it's made in Canada, which, you know, you gotta I did be notice that. Yeah. I did notice. That. I was like, Brittany's gonna be pleased about that. I was happy about it. Mm. Um, and uh, it's really well done, and it's basically about this like cult. Um, and it really got me thinking about like what is a cult? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? What is like a group of people who come together to support each other and you know move forward and progress? Mm. And then when does it become? A cult. So uh, I can answer some of this. I know there's like an official definition, but basically a cult is like something you can't leave for a start. Okay. So you're not allowed to leave. Mm -hmm. It's very frowned upon. Um, And they might have like in the leaving leaving Nexium thingy, they had to give collateral. collateral. So it was like they had to give a nude picture or money or actually one person had to put their house in their master's name. Um, that was a spoiler, sorry, but you, there's a lot more content in that that yeah. you'll really enjoy. Yeah, that um, wasn't really a spoiler. Um, and then also um, there's some form of like recruitment that has to happen, I think. Okay. And then there's like everyone's one. in charge of recruiting. Yeah, like you, your job is to get more people in. Right. Everyone's job is to get more people in. I think that might be one. And then the last one that I know is like the leader of this cult um, in order for them to be a cult leader, they have to be unimpeachable in the eyes of the cult, right? So they're oh. like, they can't be fired. They can't um, ever be wrong. Their word is like God's God. word. Everyone yeah. just believes them like unequivocally, regardless of like if they fuck something up and they're like, you know, go back on it. You just have to ignore that. Yeah. Um, there I mean, are other things as well, but I can't so remember. So what about what about this? Would this be also be a, be considered a cult? Like when people um, are kind of like um, not forced, but like, well, yeah, forced to think a certain way, like like their own thoughts or, or differing thoughts yeah. are kind yeah. of kiboshed yes. or like tossed away. Yeah, like 
I think it's a cult if you have to if you've ticked several boxes. Right. So okay. that can't be one on its own. Right. That's yeah. just thought dominance and weirdness. Yeah, because I was thinking like working at certain companies, you have mm. to like you have to abide by certain, you know, ways yeah. of thinking. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. when does it become a cult? You yeah, know? yeah. And there are so many companies like that, like um and a lot of companies joke about it like uh when I worked at General Assembly and yeah. like all the love to General Assembly, like I I didn't feel like I was part of a cult, but yeah. we all always used to joke about drinking the Kool-Aid and changing lives. But Uh we were actually changing lives legitimately. Like we got people jobs that couldn't get a job and they told us that we changed their lives. So, um, you know. Yeah. So it's like, but yeah, it is kind of funny because actually almost everywhere I've worked, I think there's been some kind of joke about like the cult, Yeah. you know, like, oh, our little, our little cult here, you know, bah, bah, bah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. So it's kind of funny, but that's, that's sort of on my mind a lot these days. Cause I feel like also this podcast really opened my eyes into like how easily it is to just like, if you're feeling a little bit down or lost or whatever, how Mm. easily it is to actually manipulate someone into just like coming into a cult. Oh my God. That actually like. That's it's funny because that's kind of what's been on my mind as well. Like the this, I truly believe that like people need community. Yeah. Whether it's a sports team, whether it's like a choir, whether it's your workplace, whether it's like um, we have a friend who goes to uh, board games nights. Right. Yeah. He just goes with a bunch of strangers and plays board games. Like I think that we need that sense of like connection with For other sure. humans and like. Um, you know, like a shared interest, a shared goal. It's so interesting because like, um, am, am I jumping into, uh, have I cut you off? Not at all. Okay. Cause I was reading this and I sent this to Brittany, but she hasn't read it yet, but she's got to, cause it's quite funny. <laughs> it's a CNBC article called billionaire Jack Dorsey's 11 wellness habits from no food all weekend to ice baths. Um, and some of his, like Jack Dorsey, honestly, he sounds like a very lost person to me. If I'm completely honest, like he sounds really sad. I'm like, poor guy. Like if you have to do all this work just to survive and just to do a good job, like, you know, he is running two companies, but like, yeah, he's probably stressed out to the friggin' max. Yeah. But that makes me think like. Why are you running two companies? Yeah, why? Like, yeah. just get someone else to do it. Yeah. Your value is not tied to your output yeah. in work, okay? Let's set that on the table. You're a human being. No one's going to, like, be at your funeral being like, oh, I bet he's really glad he worked 23 hours that weekend. Jesus. You know, yeah. fuck that, guys. Anyway, 100%. so I've got to tell you a couple of those things. So some of them are good, like walking to work. He work, walks to work every single day. Hmm. He does seven minute workouts, which is really, that's up my alley yeah, because that's that. all I got. Yeah. Seven minutes is really the limit. <laughs> Let's get real. And then he does like saunas and ice baths. Now, as you may know, like I used to be a gymnast and athletes have to do ice baths. Right. And that is a pain that you cannot, <laughs> it's not fucking funny. Yeah. Like Serena Williams, I heard an interview with her once and she was like, I just don't do them. They're fucking awful. Yeah. So don't I do actually, it, Jack. You don't need to do that. It hurts. When I used to run a lot more, I had mm. these really bad hip problems. I had like 
bursitis. If anybody Ooh. knows what that is, it's just like sexy. Yeah, it's real, real <laughs> adorable. And I had to go to like all of these ther um these physiotherapy sessions, and they and she was like, she was like, I'm really sorry, but because it's your like, I had to do the ice baths, and she's like, it's because it's your hips, like mm. your whole half body has to go in, you know? Because like, usually no! it's just like you just put your arm in or mm. like the part of the body that you need to. And I was like, oh. So yeah, it's really awful. Really awful. awful. And yeah. it's like, uh. anyway, so then his last one is eating one meal per weekday. Oh, sorry. That's not even the hmm. last one. Fasting all weekend. Oh, what? And then he does all this other stuff. Like he's, he seems very solitary. And I was like, do you know what, Jack? Do you know what's really nice is like doing the mindful exercise of like, cooking a really nice dinner for one person that you really like or yeah. two people that you really like and like feeling a carrot in your hand and being like, God, it's really lucky that I'm one of those people who just gets to have this carrot really easily. It's really nice. Like, and then you share the food with the people and you do everything really nicely. And it's like, I think I just can't imagine being like, I'm going to spend a really long time at a silent retreat like connect with people, Jack. You made this platform so people can connect. I think you can connect. Listen yeah. to me. I'm the I'm the guru here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's so many crazy Silicon Valley things going on. Like people uh, pumping themselves with like youthful people's blood and stuff. Have you heard about that? Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. so fucked up. Oh yeah. And people <laughs> like, are paying like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars for one doctor appointment with this mm. particular doctor. I can't remember if it's Peter Attia, Dr. Peter Attia okay. or something, but he's like a, you know, a longevity doctor. So right. these are people who want to live forever. And I'm like, do you really though? It's such a narcissistic thing, yeah. right? Yes. Like to be like, I deserve to live the longest. It's outrageous. Yeah, it's it's so like, weird. I want to defy death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, like... I mean, it's actually like, it's insane to yeah, me. It's I like, agree. you got too rich. I'm sorry. For sure. You literally just got too rich. Yeah. And now not. you don't know what reality is. Yeah. Why, instead of like paying for yourself to live forever, which is so deeply selfish, yeah. why don't you connect with humanity and like do some nice things for other people oh. and like build a flipping school in Africa or something where they die because they don't have clean water. How about that, buddy? Right? Like spread your money in a better, it's just insane. It actually makes me sick. Like a few years ago, I got a really great job with like heaps more money than mm. I was ever used to. Um, I felt like I'd robbed a bank. I was like, oh my God, I just <laughs> got away with murder. Um, and I was like, I'm going to get this beauty thing done. I'm going to get this thing to And so I went in and like got the quote, right? Like right. they do a bit of a, assessment uh, an assessment a consultation and then they give you the quote at the end. And at the end they were like, so it's a thousand bucks. And I, I was like, okay, all right, well, let me go home and think about it. And I got home and I was like, Penny, if you have a thousand bucks to spend on hair extensions, yeah, cause yeah. I'd cut my hair willy nilly and I really wanted it back real quick. Yeah. I was like, honey, yeah, I don't respect that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you have a thousand bucks to spend on that, you should probably really have a look at yourself as a person. Right. But I just so couldn't face doing it. Even though I had the thousand bucks, I could have done it. It's so easy. It's so funny how quickly people, when you, when you have money or you get a bunch of money or you become rich or whatever, you kind of like 
lose sight of mm, reality, what's reality and what's mm. yeah it's funny but and it's they cool are that, yeah it is an out of touch thing isn't yeah, it yeah exactly yeah yeah gotta stay in touch but actually um they've done a load of scientific studies and they're so great I'll see if I can dig this up so I can put it in the show notes but there's one experiment where um, they're trying to track the effect of power on how people behave okay so basically they get all these people and they run an experiment. Um, so they split them into pairs, so mm-hmm. two people, and they make them play Monopoly or some board game. Um, and they give one person, just a random person, like either one of the two, a massive advantage, right? right. So they give them like a thousand Monopoly dollars or whatever they're called. Yeah. I don't play board games. So I don't have the attention span for it. <laughs> um, and they're like, don't tell the other guy, but you've got this huge advantage. Right. And and they found that in like 99% of participants, these people who'd been given the advantage due to no merit of their own, no merit, it was yeah. just dumb luck, yeah. behaved as if they'd earned it. They would gloat. Wow. They would rub their victory in. They'd be like all bravado, wow. right, male or female, it doesn't matter. These people were just assholes. Fascinating. Just because, and it was just, I mean, like, I think that's a beautiful demonstration of, like, totally. privilege and luck and what what you think you're entitled to as a person. Yeah, absolutely. That's wild. Outrageous. 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 So shall we do a little letter, Brittany? Let's jump into a letter. Perfect. Cool. So question number one that we're going to tackle. Do you want to read it today? I'd love to read it. Uh, Hi, Penny and Brittany. First of all, love the podcast. Love is spelt in all capitals. Just thought I would point that out. Um, (laughs) We're so (laughs) self-congratulatory. Every time. I've already received some good tips and nuggets of wisdom, so please keep up the awesome work. Happy face. My question. I'm currently working as an analyst slash project manager in a small company, and I do like my day-to-day job responsibilities, although I'm not so happy about the company and will be changing jobs soon. Okay. But sometimes I wonder whether I'm going down the right career path. The thing is that I also really love, love, love cooking and baking, and I wonder whether I should make a career out of this. Nothing in my current job can make me as happy as macarons rising in the oven and having little feet sticking out of them or a successful eclair. What are feet sticking out of them? I don't know. Actually, let's come back to that. Keep reading the letter. Okay. (laughs) I've noticed you guys are also passionate about your hobbies and I couldn't help but wonder, let's keep it Carrie Bradshaw style, love that, (laughs) how do you balance hobby and job and how do you decide what to go after? Hug from rainy Belgium, Caroline. Hi, Caroline. 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 We might cut that out. We might not. I feel like we shouldn't. Let's. It's a gamble. It's it's totally a gamble. Okay, so can Um, we just quickly segue, Brittany? Because remember the snackerons. Oh, snackerons. So when we were in Paris, we ate it. Approximately seven macarons a day. Mm-hmm. And it was just basically every time we passed a macaron shop, we'd be like, Should we have a snackeron? Yeah. I put on 12,500 kilos, but Honestly, I don't regret it. I actually really felt like after leaving Paris, I was like, Oh, <laughs> things are tighter <laughs> than I remember. Yeah. My jeans actually tore in the bum. Mine did too. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> I bent down and it was like, 
what? Goodbye. Uh, oh, it's terrible. Okay. Anyway, um, I really so anyway, we were calling them snackarons. Yes. Instead of do you get it? It's a it's a hilarious. Like, Want to have a quick snackaron? We're, we're very Maybe it's funny. not as funny as we thought it was, but oh. with a couple bottles of wine, yeah. that joke really landed, I'll tell you. Um, okay, so Brittany, I love, you go first because you are the queen of flipping hobbies. I love this question a lot. Mm. I think that it's so often that we think about this when you really love doing something and you're like, and then you hear that that quote like, um, if, you, if you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work never a work day it. in your life or whatever. Oh, right? shit. Yeah. So I think this is really um, a really great, yeah, I'm really excited to tackle this. Here's what I think. Um, the way that you talk about cooking and baking may, makes it seem like this is something that really helps you relax. And de-stress. And de-stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's kind of like a retreat from your everyday, which is really cool because not everybody has found that thing mm. that does that for them. So mm-hmm. bravo, that's great. Um, also, if you want to make us some eclairs and just send them through, that'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> they would be so smushed. So the only thing that I worry about is if you take this hobby of yours, this passion, and you turn it into a career, I'm worried that you're going to lose that that feeling of, uh, that loving feeling. And like, I really think this is like a really... This would be very sad, yeah. right? Um, so there's a few things that I here. There's a few things that I think, right? So I think it, it's okay if you. I mean, ideally, obviously, it'd be great if we were all super passionate about our careers and our jobs, and or the actual like we can still be passionate without actually be pa- being passionate about the actual thing that mm. we do, right? Mm. Um, but what I think that a lot of people miss um, when they decide to take their like baking hobby and turn it into a business is like. When you do that, you also need to have that business side of things covered. Yeah. Right? Like you if you if you're thinking about like, okay, what I'm passionate about this, I want to do this, you also need to have a drive and a, a somewhat of a passion for the business uh, aspect. Bravo, Brittany. I think that's the main thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not gonna be just cooking macarons anymore. No. You're gonna be managing your Instagram page, you're gonna be marketing, you're yeah. gonna be trying to get uh customers, you're going to have to figure out where to sell these flipping things. Totally. And it's going to be annoying. Yeah. Unless that's truly, you know, what you want to do. Sometimes I think about like people wanting to turn their hobbies into their careers. And I'm like, for me, I feel like personally, I would only do that if I really felt like this hobby of mine or this thing I was doing that I could like I could do it a lot better or differently or somehow kind of like change, you know what I mean? Like then I would have, for me, that would excite me to start something with it, you know? And that would, that would be what would drive me. I'm not sure what would drive you, Caroline, but for me, that would be it is if I was like, oh, I'm baking these really unique things and no one else is doing it. And I really want to get it out into the world, you know, then that would be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's so smart, Brittany. Like, I guess like this, this is a really interesting question because it touches on this idea that you should... You should, and we've said this a couple of times before. Our our opinion on this is that you can have a hobby that never has to be turned into a side hustle. Yeah, it's just for you. It's just something that gives you pleasure. Yeah. Um. And so that's like, for example, I do a creative writing class. Mm -hmm. Um. I write short stories. They're really shit, and they're fiction. I'm never going to try and monetize that because I think. Once I do start getting it to a level where I'm like trying to push it into a business, really, yeah. I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. Totally. And it's purely for enjoyment. So 
Um, I, I, I also was thinking recently, like, is this whole thing, because I've noticed a lot of women saying I make swimwear or I crochet blankets or mm. I make dream catchers or I make a macaron and I want to turn it into a business. And it's like, it, it concerns me because I think women need to, uh, how, how do I put this? Like, I think men have a really great control of the world at the moment because they're controlling mm. all of the finance, mm. they're controlling all of the technology, the government, the politics, everything. Mm. They control everything and that is established mm. and women are m- making crochet blankets. <laughs> so I really, I, I, I am concerned, I'm, I've been wondering lately, is this a patriarchal like mechanism where they're mm. like, oh, listen, you know, like you should love your job and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, you shouldn't mm. hate it. You shouldn't be miserable going in. And you should find value and you should feel purpose when you're going to work. Mm. But I don't think you necessarily have to feel like that is your life's calling at all points in your career. Yeah. Um, I think it's also if, if you have that super strong feeling that, like, you love your job, you love what you do, it's super easy for, for people to take advantage of you as well at yeah. work, right? Mm. And, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, why would why would you ask for more money? You're, mm. You love You're your so job. You're so happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I know there, there's kind of – I'm balancing that. That's a balancing act for mm. me because I'm like, well, I do love what I do, but I also want to be – you know, compensated fairly for, yeah. for my contribution. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I also think a lot. So in terms of like comedy, people ask me why I'm not just actually pursuing it, right? Mm. Like what's stopping me. And really like when I think about it, it realistically right now, I don't know about the future, but right now the, the lifestyle of a comedian is not what I want. Yeah. It's just, me neither. Yeah. And that's the same with writing. Like a, a few years ago, I wanted to become, when I actually, when I moved to Germany, I was like, I'm going to try and become a freelance writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've had, I had a few things published in the Guardian and wherever. Um, and I was so excited. And then I was like, I am a fucking massive extrovert. I am like a textbook extrovert. Mm-hmm. And being a writer means you are sitting at home by yourself all day. And I hated that. Like, so what I want you to do as an experiment, Caroline, Mm -hmm. I want you to do the following tasks in the next three months. I want you to set up an Instagram account for your macarons. Mm -hmm. And do you think Instagram is enough? I do for food. Yes, definitely. Um, And try and get more followers than you have on your personal account. So not just the people that you personally know, but other people as well. Mm-hmm. I want you to have one market stall or maybe two market stalls where you sell your macarons. And I think I want you to make 200 macarons a week, regardless of <laughs> how many, because like you yeah. might get joy out of like making 12 macarons for a friend once in a while. Yeah. But when you have to cook a thousand of them for a, a you know a catering uh, client, you know, Different is that going to be fun or is that going to be enormously stressful? And is that going to take the joy out of it for you? Yeah. Um, so Whew, I like these. That's tasks. a, that's a list. And if you get through that three months and you're like, I loved that. It was such a thrill yeah. when I was at the markets and people were tasting my macarons and I saw the happiness on their faces, I felt true joy. And like, this is my purpose. I think then you'll know. Yes. You've got to put yourself to the test in these situations. 100% agree. Why mm. make this shift without first just like... Testing the waters. Have a little test. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. I think we smashed that question. <laughs> Me too. I hope that uh, helps Caroline. Yes. And I hope that helps everyone who's got like this kind of hobby and they're like, and I think there is an element of escapism about it too. Oh, You're like, sure. oh, I don't want to work in an office. Like I'll just go and do this thing. And mm-hmm. it is a very appealing thing, but test it first. Definitely. Give it, give yourself a rigorous time constrained yeah. project. Yeah. To and ask complete. yourself those tough questions. Like, yeah, am I actually could I actually get excited about the business aspect? Of yes, it? yeah. That's going to be something that is just you're going to need to, unless totally. you can find a partner who will oh, be that for you. Which but will fun. they work for free? Like exactly. this is the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like you have to fund yourself, but totally. can you afford to fund someone else? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks, Caroline. <laughs> All right, let's jump to the question number two. Penny, would you be so kind as to read this one? Oh, yeah, sure. Hi, Penny. Hi, Brittany. My question is about quitting a job well. I've been working at the same software startup in a developer role for about four years, starting when it was just six of us, and we've now grown to over 30, but it isn't all roses anymore, and so I have started looking around for another job. What advice do you have for quitting a job? In case it's relevant, a bit on why I'm quitting. I'm on a high-performing team and I enjoy working with everyone on it, but the other developer teams are constantly falling behind and we have to pick up the slack, sometimes directly doing their work for them and sometimes indirectly, awkward workarounds. We don't get to work with newer technologies and I can't build things in a way that I'm proud of. Senior management doesn't seem to hold anyone accountable for this and, having a ne- and it's having a negative impact on the skills I'm developing in my role, own role. Thanks so much, Jake. <laughs> because, Jake. Because this person didn't ask us to use a pseudonym, but given he's talking about quitting, I think I've just given you one. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Um, ah. Okay, this is so basically how to quit a job in like the right way. Yeah. Um, this and is a really good one because quitting a job is so hard. Mm. You know? Do you think so? Yeah, I do. Uh. I get very, like I, anytime I've quit a job, I've always gotten a lot of kind of stress and anxiety around mm. it. Just because like you want to leave on a high note, like you want to leave where, and then have that feeling of like people are like, they're like sad to see you go or they're like, oh, we, you know, we really appreciate all you did and be recognized for your contribution. But you also want to give this feedback because there is a reason you're leaving mm. and you want to make sure that's clear that it's like, I'm not just leaving because I want to. I'm mm. leaving because there's some things that happened here that didn't work yeah. and nothing's being done about it. Yeah. So and that's why I'm leaving. I, I was going to say, like, I think also the first step is to figure out because you will have to, de- you don't have to deliver that feedback, but it seems you like the company and you yeah. want to. Um, and it actually makes it just so much easier telling the truth about why you're leaving. Yeah. Um, and you have to figure out before you go into that meeting whether it's reconcilable. So if they, there is a good chance that if you're doing a really good job, they might say, all right, what do we have to do to keep you here? Yeah. Can we pay you more? What do we do? Move you to a different team, yada, yada. So that's the first step. Like figure out if they promised you that things can be fixed and you believe them, would you stay? Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm. Um, and then give it a give it a timeline as well. So you're not just sort of like, all right, now I'm back in the mix, whatever. Yeah. And it could be honestly that these things are happening And if you were truly kind of like happy in your job and you felt fulfilled, you might be okay 
work. You know what I mean? It could mm. be that you're actually just ready to go. And mm. so all of the things that are annoying at work are kind of creeping up and annoying you a bit more, Yeah, you know, but you have to figure out whether or not that's the case. Yeah. And also maybe you just need a holiday. Yeah. True. Sometimes like I, I, in Australia, it's uh, quite, I found that it was I could never basically take a holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, And once you resign from your job and you get your last last payment, they actually give you cash to um, pay out all your holidays basically. So it's it's almost like an incentive because then you can take a holiday in between jobs. But then I moved to Germany and I was like, oh, my God, holidays. Like they make the world of difference. They really do. You refresh, you come back, you figure things out Mm -hmm. because like the thing is like you mull things over by accident all the time. Yeah. And then you get to a point you're like, oh, obviously I need to ask to be moved to that team. Yeah. Over there that has more power and autonomy and they're doing better work and they're using better tools. Totally. Mm. So I think if you, if you really decide you're like, no, I'm, I'm ready to quit. I want to move on. Then there's like a couple of things you have to like in your kind of first sit down with your boss, um, you kind of, I think you should like thank them for, you know, the opportunity that Mm. you've had there, all the wonderful experience, blah, blah, blah. Then say there's a few things like there's this and this and this um, that are happening that are just kind of making it hard for me to do my job, as, you know, as well as I want to. Um, but and you know, but but I think in that like there's an exit interview, mm. which is when you can really go to the rafters, yeah, right? Like yeah, really yeah. go wild. Yeah. But I think when you're actually quitting and like submitting your resignation, mm. that's the time to actually kind of be be honest, but not so forthcoming because yeah. you never like. I mean, in honest like thinking about it, right? Like there's a lot of countries that in those instances, they actually might give you the, like the three months set. Like, you know, if they want- Gardening leave, you mean? What is it called? Gardening leave, where they say you can finish now and- We'll, yeah, yeah, and we'll like and we'll pay we'll you, pay you for, for three months, three yeah. months or whatever. The, the golden handshake. I don't I think. I, oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, if you're a developer, they're unlikely to do that, right? Because you've got so much shit to tie up. Oh, true. Um, but yeah, totally. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we wanna... all want the golden handshake. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think from a like, if we're going to call it a kind of a hu- re- resignation hygiene. Yeah. Um. The first step, depending on the formality of your company, um, if it's a very formal company, uh, which it doesn't sound like it is, but for everyone else, if it's kind of a large corporate, it's something that you would put in letter format. You would send a resignation letter. Um, and obviously these days that's an email, (laughs) but it's quite a formal thing. You can usually look up a nice template online. Wouldn't Um, you sit down with your boss and then? No, in in a corporate you send the letter and then you sit down and they either try and get you back or they accept your resignation. I see. So people can actually, like, companies cannot accept your resignation. Isn't that wild? But then what? Well, they, I, I don't really know. I can't even imagine what that actually means. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it, formal company send a letter saying, uh, I'd, I'd like to resign. Here's the date that I want to resign, blah, 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 blah. Right. In a casual company, um, I would advise like going to your direct manager or whoever, and if you get along with them and just sort of catching them somewhere and be like, Hey, um, Maria. I don't know why I always use Maria. Did you notice that? <laughs> I have, yeah. like, it's because I don't know a Maria. So yeah. it's like, anyway, um, hey, Maria, listen, I really need to sit down and talk to you about like uh, 
my future at the company, basically. Um, And she'll be like, oh, okay, all right, well, when do you want to do that? Or let's do it now or whatever. And if it's a casual company, they might say, let's do it now, in which case be prepared. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, just be human, just be empathetic and be like, you know, like uh, I'm not, I I would love to get a little bit more accustomed to the technologies that a lot of other companies are using at the moment, not getting the opportunity to do that here. Do you know what I mean? So you're kind of almost keeping it that it's no one's fault. It's just what's, it's what you need in your career. Yeah. Um, and go from there. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, and then how I- do you feel about, because like the, it being in a position where you have like, um, you're a manager of people, it seems so like, I feel like they should be like in, my, okay. I mean, I'm also a very, um, uh, kind of a people, like I, my team is very important to me. Right. Mm. So I would almost want to tell my team before I told my like before I resigned, but I think it should be just like a close, like tell your manager, then literally directly after tell them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I mean, the, some companies might not want you to tell your team until you've found a replacement. Uh, it really depends. Like, yeah, I've, I would have, mm, this is a funny thing. So many companies are like, um, it, it will be very obvious to everyone that someone's resigned or they're yeah. getting let go because the company wants to keep it a secret, but the person has already told all their friends. Yeah, exactly. So if you really want to do it the right way, if we're really talking about being correct about it, um, I wouldn't tell anyone. Um, yeah, until until you've got kind of permission from management. For sure, yeah. yeah. And then there's the actual like leaving. I think what's so important, and I think people often, like where in, in companies that I've worked at, it's off, often been kind of, um, just forgotten about mm. is like keeping in contact with your call, like you, mm. the people that you worked with, right? Mm. Like maybe sending them all a nice note mm. um, when you leave saying like, it's been a pleasure working with you. Yeah. Um, I'd really love to, you know, like let's keep in each other's networks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, whatever, like, because you never know when you might be able to like reconnect or like introduce that person to someone who's interesting or mm. they introduce you to someone who could help you in your career. Like I think people often just sort of like when they leave a job, they're like good riddance. And yeah. you know, they just sort of are like, I'll never see any of those people again. And it's, it's just not, to me, it's not um, serving you very much yeah. to do that. I actually like when I left my last job, I wrote a couple of people a thank you. Mm. Um, so I, I sent an email around the whole company um, and called out a couple of people and just like described what they'd done for me basically and being like, thanks for doing this. Thanks for always supporting me on this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just like really kind of trying to make them feel like I wasn't just abandoning them really. Cause I yeah. think there's a very, um, especially in larger companies, there's a really anti-resignation culture because of the cultural impact it can have. Yeah. Um, so it, I remember like five years ago, I read an article about once one key person quits or is fired, um, there tends to be a whole bunch of other re- resignations because people are like, well, I liked that person. And if this company isn't good enough for them, I'm out too. Yeah. You know, if they didn't feel valued here, that doesn't, that doesn't set a good example for how valued I'm going to be because I knew they worked hard and they did a good job. Yeah. Um, So companies really tried to avoid that. Totally. Um, The other thing is handover. Mm. Uh, So when you resign, you can sort of talk about um, your plans for how you might hand over 
um, any work that you're doing, um, make sure not, like there are no loose ends because yeah. that's going to be the most difficult thing. Some companies will also um, ask you to help the hi- help to hire a new person, right, um, to replace you. Um, so it really depends, but uh, just be prepared for all of that. Just be really as honest as you can be without hurting anyone's feelings. Yeah, and yeah. and and be transparent because you want the success for the company. Totally. I think that's, I mean, I think it's just such a, like, obviously the fact that you're even thinking about how to quit in a good way mm. <laughs> means that you're going to probably, well. yeah, yeah, you're probably going to do a really, yeah, like solid, you're going to do a solid job of quitting. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. And good luck for the next role. Yeah, totally. Sounds um, wonderful. It sounds like you are, you really understand what you want and what motivates you. Mm. And yeah, you should definitely try to find a role that, that can give you that. So bravo. Yay. Okay, well, that was a real delight of an episode. Yeah, yeah. Just leaving jobs all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, whenever you choose to leave your job, you have all the resources right here uh, <laughs> in this episode. Thank you as well for listening all the way through to the end of the episode. Yeah, you know what that means. You're our favorite, <laughs> and also <laughs> you get free things. There's a free resource that we're going to give you. So actually, what we're going to do as a resource for you this week is we're going to. Penny and I together collaborate on um, an article that will be called When When to Quit. When to Quit. When to Call It a Day. We don't know what it's going to be called yet, frankly. Yeah. But we'll come up with a catchy title and we'll put it in the show notes. And we're going to talk through all of our kind of reasons of like, I mean, there's how to quit obviously is an important one, but I think a lot of people, especially um, in your current roles, you might want to think about, you might be thinking about like, am I happy at my job? Mm. And if so, how, un- like, yeah, how unhappy sh- should I be before I quit? Yeah. Right. Or how, yeah. what should be going on in my day-to-day work? And I think it's really a- an important thing to be always thinking about. Mm. I think often we, we get like kind of stuck in our, or we're like, oh, this is my, this is my job. This mm. is my day-to-day. And you kind of forget that it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have to this couldn't, this doesn't have to be my job actually, right? Like I could make a change. So I think that's going to be a cool one for you guys. I hope you like it. Yeah. I'm really excited about that one. Wonderful. Thanks for listening again. Yeah. Thank you. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And tell a friend. That would be great actually. Yeah. Honestly, if you just shared it with one friend, that would mean the absolute world. Yeah. We would mean we had 25 viewers instead of 24 (laughs) jokes they're not even viewers are they no they're They're listeners listeners. (laughs) cool thanks so much guys have a great week bye